This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. We often get a chance to go to conferences and speak about engagement levels and employees. We are talking to supervisors, we're talking to managers, we're talking to business owners, and we often talk about the three different types of engagement levels you see. We talk about the engaged employee. They're the ones that are all in. I love this place. I will do anything I can to help. They're aligned with the direction of the organization. They help other people. They are your most valuable employees. We talk about your disengaged employees. They're the ones that go to work, they do their job, they go home. They're valuable, they do do work, but they're not engaged. They're not gonna give you that extra something. They're not gonna offer up extra help. They're just kind of going through the motions at their J-O-B. And then we talk about the third type and we talk about the toxic employee. And the toxic employee is the one that they hate the company they work for, or they love it so much, but they are driven against the leadership who is driving it into the ground. They're tired against, uh, they're railing against all the bad decisions that are made around them. When we give those presentations, we define toxicity as, first of all, when you're showing up, it's, it's, you're misaligned with the organization. A toxic employees misaligned with the organization that they work for. And we talk about how they show up and it's kind of it's something everybody can identify with. But oftentimes when we speak, what happens afterwards is very interesting. We will have people that will come up to us and say, that was a great presentation. I'm the toxic employee. It's not my people are toxic. It's I'm the one who's toxic. But here's why I'm toxic. I'm toxic because of all the bad decisions that are made at the company, because of all the bad things that are happening. And I am trying to make a difference in the world. So today, what we wanted to talk about is, are you the toxic one? Are you toxic and you know it? Have you ever been toxic in a job? See, we're not hardwired to be one of those three things. We're actually hardwired to just be engaged. But all of us, I'll bet anybody listening to this call, if you really challenge yourself, has been engaged, disengaged, and toxic at different points in your career. So if you are toxic and you know it, clap your hands right now. That's where we're going with this. So, oh, wow. Five. I was thinking of I'm toxic and I know it, but yeah. you with it. if you're toxic and you know it, clap your hands. That's where you were going. That's yeah. Funny. My kids are a little older, but that means that we've just been in the longest period with the kids. So that's what, when I think of songs, I think of like the little kids songs, maybe still. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. offense that I saw the rest of your team clapping. At the end I did. The I saw three out of five of us clap their hands just now. <laughs> so there'll be some conversations afterwards. I'm not sure if that was just a Pavlovian response to the song. I'm yeah. going to hope that that's what it was. Oh. That was it. That was okay. it. Okay. Yeah. That's good. We're all very aligned here at people centric, but if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, yes, I am toxic, but it's my stupid employer. If they would just act right, you are still toxic. You're still toxic. It's not about being right or wrong. You're still toxic. So that's what we want to talk about today. So we have brought our team to try to help you. We're going to try to help you. Now, some of you are like, I don't need the help. I need my boss. You need to work with my boss. That's who you all need to help. But guess what? Your boss isn't here right now. So what can we do? We're going to help you because that's what control you have. How are we going to help you? Well, that's what we're going to work through today. So we have brought our team. We've got Mary Ling with us. Mary, how are you doing today? I tried to unmute with my space bar and it wouldn't work. So that's how we're doing today. Yeah, I think I think I changed my clothes four times. My space bar is not working. <laughs> I think I think it's a Friday. Our pets' heads are falling off. Yeah. Monday, I don't know. Hi, everybody. 
it is friday the 13th today so i'm just pointing that out for everybody if you haven't picked up on that and so not a really big like <laughs> yeah i believe in this it's a problem. my lucky day my lucky number 13 is my lucky number it's no. gonna be a great day i know you don't know that like everything i have on right now is black and i'm in a black room but friday the 13th is like a good day that's different that's not different diana do you, you wear black all the time is that a lot oh all the time yeah i have a skull probably within reach right now oh True. that re- that gold thing behind me is a skull and then there's one above me too yeah yeah, yeah. This sounds True. so creepy diana Th- think also wins- your song that you put on our like group chat this morning that's like your theme songs i the was imperial like, march acdc diana? or back in black yeah that's a great all song. right yeah. yeah. So, so the question we have to say, so in our water cooler, which is our team, our channel on teams that we just kind of all chat about stuff that doesn't really mean anything, but we'll share like life events. And Bethany put a picture of her, her son with her, her people centric sponsored Jersey on and that kind of stuff. But then she asked the question this morning of if you had, if your life story was told on TV, what would the theme song for that be? And Diana chose the Imperial March from Empire Strikes Back, which I respect that and don't disagree with. So just saying, Diana, you're awesome. We appreciate you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. And then Bethany's with us and Bethany, what was your song that you picked by the way, just so that we don't, we don't get toxic against each other here. Thank you. Mine, mine was called no river by Esme Patterson. Look it up. I feel like you guys, I think you guys will agree. It'll sound very Bethany. I also would make my, my, my show would be like Gilmore girls style. Does that sound accurate? Uh, yeah. That, that fits. Yeah. It's either Gilmore girls or a yoga workout. Oh. That's going to be the style of my show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh, a yeah. yoga workout video. Yeah. Like one of those meditation videos. Yeah. That sounds yeah. Nice. That's going to be awesome. So then uh, our team is rounded out with our host, the Matt Griswold. So Matt, you want to take us into this topic of I'm toxic and I know it. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I'm toxic and I know it. Now that we've taken 20 minutes on the introduction, that means we have about uh, seven minutes for the content today. I'm just just kidding. Uh, Just kidding. But, you know, I do hear from a lot of people and I heard from some people last week, too, that, hey, I'm big fans of the podcast. I, I really enjoy the content there. So hopefully this is another one of those pieces of content that we can bring to you that is relevant because like Don talked about, the slipping into this idea of toxicity, slipping into that toxic behavior there. And sometimes we are right. And sometimes we just feel like we're right, but we're not validated. And we want to get to that point of validation. But I'm going to cut to the chase really quickly here, because to me, I think there's a couple of different versions of what toxic looks like. All right. There's a couple of different versions of of what toxicity is and that toxic person. There's the person. And let's see if you're listening more than workers here and see if this is if this is you, if you you can relate, but there's the toxic person that is like, I'm toxic and I know it and I do not care. Like they draw the line in the sand. They say, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm actively gonna continue to fight against you as long as I'm here and I don't care. Like they they have sunken into this toxicity funk. They are impacting the other people around them. They probably don't understand just how much they're impacting. In fact, they might have a group of people that are following them that they feel like they're kind of leader now. And so they might even be a little bit more empowered in that moment as the leader of these other people who are rallying against the company. But then you have this other version of toxicity, which is really where this came from, which is where this idea came from. I got the opportunity to be able to speak with with a a guy kind of second in command, uh, quote unquote, of a department. And everything I had heard about this person was great employee, great employee, great employee, great employee for 12 years. 
And then all of a sudden, he kind of reverted back to where, okay, not a great employee. Something's happened. Now he's toxic. Matt, can you please talk to him? I had the opportunity to be able to engage him. And he said, listen, I'm toxic and I know it and I don't like it. That's a different version of toxic. And that's where we're going to spend our time today. He's going morally. I don't want to be toxic. Morally, I've put a lot of my effort and time and talent into this place to be great for the last 12 years. And unfortunately, yes, there's been a series of events where I've just kind of sunk in, but I feel it sinking in. I feel that I'm, I'm toxic and I don't like it. What do I do? Like, how do I improve that? So that's kind of the foundation of what we're going to be going through. And really, it's just a couple of questions. I know that there's some frontline employees. I know there's some managers, maybe middle managers. I know there's some business owners, you know, listening to this too. And I think we would all agree, guys, toxicity is not just reserved for the frontline employee, right? Like we have business owners sometimes that call us and say, hey, uh, I want to sell everything and get out of this because I have lost my love for it. And I think my people are revolting against me and I, I like I don't even want to do it anymore. So it's not just reserved for the frontline people. So hopefully everybody gets gets something out of this, too. So if I'm the toxic employee, you know, we talked about the verge, the two different versions of toxicity. If I'm toxic and I know it and I don't like it. Let's talk about how many of us maybe have encountered that with, with an employee. Bethany, I know you do a lot of coaching, and I'm sure this has to come up with some of your people that you're coaching as well. I'm toxic. I know it. I don't like it. What are some of those tangible steps maybe that we can take to, to try to help somebody get unstuck like that? Like maybe give us one or two steps, and this is not just for Bethany, whomever would like to jump in first. I think the first step is to admit there's a problem right? You have to recognize that it's about you. What, temp what happens, I think, whenever we get toxic is our attention gets focused too much on other people. I think just we as humans, we fall into that a lot. When our attention is on the wrong things that somebody else is doing, that tends to be when we do the most wrong things ourselves. I know in moments in my career where I've been toxic, I was just waking up every single day thinking about the bad mistakes that my manager made or that the company's making or all the bad things. And I was driving into work thinking, I can't wait to see what the next mistakes are that they're going to make. And that took all the attention off the thing that I really have the power over, which is myself. How do I show up to those meetings? How do I interact? So I think the first step is to recognize it. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Don. Bethany. Yeah, that's great. I think normally, yeah, when we have those conversations and, and, you know, coaching sessions and things like that, it's usually just stating like, okay, well, that's, I understand that's really frustrating, you know, if somebody's acting in that way, but we can't control them right now. So what can you do? What change can you make? What's your next step? And, and so, yeah, I would double down on that. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's, they need kind of this reaction of like, snapped kind of back into place. And what I mean by that is, you know, the opportunity for us, we're not their boss. We're not, you know, we don't work with them. We're an outside insight kind of a thing. And so we see things a little bit differently. And so being able to have conversations with them going, hey, can found foundationally, like I'm, I'm totally into helping you work through this, but foundationally, tell me where you are. Are you staying? Or are you going? Do you want to stay or do you want to go? And sometimes that's a good place to almost snap them back into reality where they've been trying to march to the mantra, the imperial march, like Diana would use, to the beat of, of going like, I'm here to change everybody's mind to make them think my way to all of a sudden, wait a second, you're saying I, I should either stay or go? Like I wasn't even there mentally. Yeah. And even asking, yeah, just asking the question sometimes of, you know, you're hearing all these complaints and being able to just ask the question of like, so why are you still work here? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. they're like, uh what do you mean yeah <laughs> and, and being able to say like you have a choice what do you want to do which way do you want to go 
Yeah, and the tone tends to change too. Like, and this is, you know, we're not in front of all of you, but you might be, you might, you might have seen this on Toxic and I know it, and you might be that toxic person. You're like, yes, this is my jam. This is my first podcast I'm going to listen to because, yeah, these are my people. But the reality is maybe it's a question you needed to ask for yourself. Like, okay, so let's just ask the first question. Or, or do we want to stay or do we want to go? Because reality is nobody wants to wake up and go to a job where they don't trust the leadership. They really think everybody is out, to, out, out against them. They're not utilizing your strength or you feel like you're being held back. Like if those are real things, then do yourself a favor and maybe look for a different opportunity before you really kind of burn bridges uh, for future reference. Yeah. If you're still there and you know that you're toxic, you're probably not helping anybody and you're not helping yourself. That you're doing the opposite. You're hurting. You're hurting yourself at that point, not even not helping. Thanks, Bethany. Mary? Yeah. So one of the things um, with this whole situation is if you're not having fun, you know, I would always say that to people and they would look at me like I'm crazy. Like you can have fun at work. I'm like, yeah. Like if you're not having fun and you're not enjoying what you're doing and getting excited about what you're doing, go somewhere else. There's, there's other jobs out there. Go find something else. Yeah. And they always found that really hard to, you know, take on, but, and then it creates a whole different atmosphere not only in your work life but your home life too so it filters everywhere i gotta think that there's people listening going guys it's not that easy like i don't even like i'm sunk i'm sunk in here it's not that easy. oh okay i'm just gonna come back from lunch break all happy and just start mending mending fences all over the place it's not that easy diana i was gonna say that i was gonna say like i have i have been the toxic employee before but i'm passionately invested in my work and i do my work at 110%. I'm invested and I want the best for everyone and everything at very high standards. And so when I am that toxic person, I very much try to get out of it and like figure out why I'm being toxic. And so one of the first things I do when I recognize that I'm being toxic is start asking my leaders why. Like I need to start seeing the the why behind the what so that I can start understanding more and so that I can try to realign myself and if the why is not good like the why is because we've always done it that way which is my least favorite why then I'll start to be like okay maybe I really can't make it work here like maybe I personally it doesn't align with my values it's not going to happen but if they start giving why answers that make sense to me then maybe I can like realign myself so I think, I think those responses are great, Diana, thank you. I think those responses are great, but I think you also take what Diana just said is that awareness, the realization, like Don was talking about, first you have to become aware of it. And I think sometimes the toxic and I don't care, like I'm drawing a line in the sand, it's gonna take them a lot longer or be a lot harder for that person to get to that awareness part versus the I'm toxic. And I too do not like that I'm toxic. I would like to be engaged again, but I have some injustices. That's a totally different mindset. Now I can start having the conversation of, how did I get here? What do I not like, you know, about the things? What are in control? What are in, in my sphere of influence here, so to speak? You know, and you talk about this. One of the questions that I pose, and I'm sure that you all have different versions of this too, but it's like, okay, so if you feel like you're toxic, you understand you're toxic, you know you're toxic, and you have reasons against leadership of why you're toxic, do you think that impacts how you're engaging leadership or how you're communing, uh, communicating with leadership? Or do you think that impacts how you're not volunteering for projects like maybe you used to? Do you think that's true? And nine times out of 10, they say yes, 100%. The next part of that question is, okay, so if that impacts how you're communicating with leadership and you have changed in how you're communicating with leadership, do you think that also changes how leadership now views you or management now views you? 
you know, and that's a, that's kind of another one of those aha moments. And nine times out of 10, they say, yeah, like I am caught in this cycle. Don? What's kind of interesting is behind the scenes, we are often talking to both the manager and the toxic employee. And what's interesting is oftentimes the manager is talking about the negative attitude of the toxic employee and the toxic employee is talking about the bad decisions from the manager. So they're talking about each other. And it's like, and a lot of times they're both kind of right. That's the interesting part that we see is it's not about being right or wrong. We think about toxicity as, well, somebody's being wrong. We're being wronged and I'm fighting this battle against them. I think that what's interesting is that if you're showing up differently, what you're taking the attention off of the issue you're concerned about. The issue is now become your attitude, not the thing that you want to fix. That's right. That's right. On the attitude, not the thing that you want to fix. And now it's a behavioral thing, right? So, so if we start talking to those, those employees that are, are lost in that moment there of toxicity, they have, you know, Don, you've used the exact, the example around the boardroom table when people are pounding their fists on the table. We want them to know that we, we are forced to be reckoned with. Okay. You're probably not going to get the outcome that you like because your approach is all wrong, but your approach is all wrong. If you take a step back, your approach is all wrong because you have fallen into this toxic behavior here. Your, your mindset is a powerful thing and your mindset is completely skewed right now based off of these injustices or perceived injustices. So that impacts how you're approaching. So maybe a tech, a taking a step back to understand the approach of what that looks like too. Mary. So creating some awareness around that. If you're having those feelings and you're, you know you're toxic, there's the capability to be response-able. Okay. So that's able to respond differently. So you take on that responsibility to be response able. And what you do is you take a situation and you figure out how you're going to respond to it. And then if it didn't go as well as you expected, then you just recalculate and then you try it again. So if you want to, you step back and you create that weirdness and then you change that. The, the one place you got to stay away from is becoming a victim, a villain or a hero. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Again, being receptive to that response, like being receptive to take feedback, being receptive to try a different approach. And again, if I'm stuck in that toxic behavior, boy, that's really hard to see from the beginning. So this is, you know, where the benefits of coaching uh, maybe comes into play too. Like I can't get unstuck by myself and, you know, that's understandable. That's tough. That's tough to kind of, you have, you have worked so hard to get down to that spot. It's awful hard to take the initiative to take the first step to get out of that on your own too. So let's talk about maybe flipping this idea here to management or, you know, if I'm the manager, how do we typically, we have something called a culture grid. We've done another podcast about it. It's one of the recent ones. You can check it out, the culture grid there. But we talk about these people who have low performance, low culture fit. We typically put them in the quote unquote toxic uh, category there. As management is concerned, how do you typically manage toxic employees? And I know we know the book answer right now, but I want us to think about some of the answers that maybe we hear from from different speaking things or working with teams. How do you typically manage toxic employees? Don? I mean, I think that I think about the one story that was a supervisor that we work with who said we were gave that presentation. He came to us and he said, Hey, I have successfully managed my toxic employee. And we said, great, what do you do? And he says, well, I haven't converted him from a toxic employee. What I do is I've isolated him. I've quarantined him. He sits in the corner of the office. I don't have him come to meetings anymore. I just have him, if he's going to be negative, then I just keep him away from everybody. And I have successfully, he does no longer has a negative impact on our team. And, you know, toxic employees, a lot of times the reason you still have them around is they do something well. They, they do something well. And he did have something that he did that was well. And he goes, but the good thing is he goes, it's not impacting my team at all. That toxicity is not impacting my team. And I challenged him a little bit. And I said, let's think about that. Like, let's, let's actually observe the, spend the, spend the rest of this week 
really observing that. See, does he really make no impact on your team? And he ended up calling me back a couple of weeks later and he said, oh my gosh, I have not been paying attention. I started watching. And so he sits in the corner of this office and he said that what he notices, everyone in the office, nobody's talking during the day. Like no one's talking in the morning. Like there's no friendliness. There's no, everybody just came in, went straight to work. There's no laughing. There's no, it's just, it's a joyless workplace at the beginning. And he says, everybody just went to work. He, which is some people, some managers are like, that sounds awesome. Like we went to work. It's a workplace. We're going, we're going into production, which is fine. But everybody sat down to work and then the toxic employee got up and went outside for a cigarette break. And suddenly he said the office came alive and everybody started talking and they started laughing and they started collaborating with each other. And he goes, it was more like the office that I like to have is people talking to each other and enjoying each other's time. And the funny part that he noticed was that the printer which happens to sit next to where the toxic person's desk suddenly came to life. No one was printing anything while the toxic employee was sitting there. When the toxic employee left, everybody wanted to get their print jobs done. Like I'm going to print out stuff while they're gone. And they were out in the back and grabbing their printing and like laughing and talking to each other and collaborating and all this stuff. And here, five minutes later, here comes a toxic guy back in from a cigarette break. And suddenly it was like unfinished print jobs are left on the printer. Everybody like flees back to their desk and they go dead quiet. They go dead quiet again. And it was like, suddenly he's like, boy, I saw the culture for a little bit that I've always wanted to have. And then it just went away when that toxic person came back. He said, but the icing on the cake was, he goes, I went to leave. And he says, I noticed that when I leave, he goes, I have two choice when I leave. He goes, I park in the back of the office. He goes, and I can walk through the back office and go out the back door and lock the door and go to the parking lot. And my car is right there. He says, but that's not how I leave the office every day. He says, I go out the front door and walk all the way around our building. He goes, which requires like walking like half a block to walk around the building to go to my car. And he says, and I kind of asked myself, why do I do that? And it's because I don't want to talk to that guy either. Like, I don't want to have anything to do with him. Like he sucks the energy from me. So he recognized pretty quickly that we underestimate the negative impact that toxic employees have. And so sometimes that strategy of isolating or tolerating is not very good. Often that's not the right strategy to have. What a powerful example. And I love that story. Of course, I've heard that story quite a bit. And maybe, maybe unfortunately, we just stepped on some toes of some listeners there going, man, that's my story. Or that's what I tried to do too. Like, so we hear, how do you manage toxic people? Maybe we try to isolate them. Maybe we hang on to them because they used to be, I, this, this was an example last week from a manager where he's like, man, this, this guy used to be great. He used to be great and never really great on performance, so like mid-level getting his stuff done, but he used to be such a culture fit. And he is just gone completely backwards and he said but i see the i see i see it in him that he can be awesome and i keep trying to get that out of him i keep trying to get that out of him and you know what happens is the managers we as managers we spend a lot of time trying to do that but as we talked about earlier hope this now hope the you know if i can tie back this thought tie back in the thought to that person has to also see it in them. It's one thing for you to raise it, but that person's got to see it. Otherwise, I'm going to spend all of my time trying to do that at the detriment of maybe some of my top performers who are going, how come nobody spends time with me? And you can see that kind of time suck. So that's one of those positive examples as a manager. They're trying to do their best to extend that olive branch or you know, extend that hand to be able to pull somebody up. But ultimately, that person has to has to also want to be pulled up too. You know, another common example or common answer we hear of how you hire or manage toxic people is you fire them, just fire them, immediately get rid of them. But according to Gallup, 70% of disengagement from employees comes from management. So I would encourage us to maybe say my first step before I just go around firing people, we're not opposed to firing people, but it's probably not your first step. Before I do that, I might want to say, man, have I given this, this employee every opportunity to succeed first? 
Uh, what did training look like? What did onboarding look like? Did I put them on a path to success? Am I playing any kind of role in where they are now? Like as a, as a manager of people, I have a tremendous amount of influence over, over the, the engagement level of the people, over the culture that I'm trying to, to build and provide. And, and maybe the first step is not to fire. And maybe the first step is to say, what, what is my role in this? Which is kind of a humbling exercise too. Bethany. Yeah, it's opening up the opportunity to just talk about whatever's going on. It's I think it's it's less effective sometimes. I'll say if this is the very first conversation you've had with this employee about you know an issue or their behavior, how they're showing up at work, but just open up the conversation by asking them what's going on, what's wrong. This is not this is not how I've always seen you show up at work, and it's it's not great. It's not coming off great. So what's, is there anything we can work through? And they might be, and as a manager, be willing to hear it. Like they might come back and say like, honestly, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, let's just let that absorb for a minute and then figure out like how to move forward from there. But then as a manager too, you also get the opportunity to talk about, you know, if it is, if there are things that you can adjust um, as a manager, but then for them too, making sure they understand the mission of your organization, the vision of where you guys are going and the values that your team is supposed to be living by and continually to use that as like a way to, to, to kind of keep each other in check and hold each other accountable and, and say that for yourself as a manager, like, am I, am I living by this? Is this the direction that I'm headed? Am I aligned with the organization? And the same thing for the employee of like, are we on the same page? And it doesn't have to be this like big dramatic, like, well, then get back, get back in line and get, get these values into your system. It might be, it might be an opportunity for them to kind of check in and say like, oh gosh, you're right. I haven't been living, I haven't been living by this. I haven't been working by this, but it also might be like, you know what? You're right. Like this, I'm not aligned with this. And I don't think I will be, this is not the direction that I'm headed. Um, And I just disagree with, with where this organization is going and that's okay too. And just being able to have that conversation. And then, then the employee can also kind of choose like where they need to go. Yeah, I, you know, we put a lot of our pressure, a lot of the pressure on us as managers to be able to push them one way or another. And really, they have to help kind of develop that path too. But it starts with stopping. Let's take a step back. Let's have a conversation and see where we are. Let's try to realign uh, if we can. So uh, let's let's move to wrap up here. I think we've we've covered this from a couple of different angles, and I think it's been I think it's been good. But maybe let's go around the table one more time and give kind of a tip, maybe to that employee if they are the employee going, "Yep, I'm the toxic one, and I don't like being toxic either." Give me a tangible first step. Or as a manager, you might be going, "Man, I've got a couple of these these that I need to have conversations with." And maybe the tip that you want to provide here, people centric team, is geared more towards the the management or leadership of those uh, of those folks so who'd like to start Don I'd say that if this is going to be another truth bomb we don't have the sound effect yet but if I think this is going to be another truth bomb for some people is if you are toxic if you are sitting there and you hate your job ask yourself if you're showing up differently because you hate your job and if you are don't blame your employer blame yourself to start with you're the the real power that you have is to change yourself turn yourself into the most engaged employee that you can find like, like turn yourself, change the attitude immediately, really work hard to be the right type of employer for that, like really, really d- double down on it. And then after you do that, see if the situation got better, because a lot of times it will. And if it still doesn't, then maybe consider leaving that job, like leave that toxic job, because it's not going to be good for you to stay in that toxic position. I always tell people, though, if you're toxic and you hate your job, 
and you go leave the job, you are also likely to become toxic in the next job if you get into that pattern. And I think some people fall into that pattern. Like, I can't find a good employer. I've worked with six employers in the last year. It's like, well, I think that's you. I don't think that's somebody else. So work on yourself, make your attitude really, really good. And by all accounts, make it, make it another way to look at it sometimes is make it where your boss feels bad that the day that you leave. Like not because you, you, you had revenge on them, but because you were so valuable and had such a great attitude and really helped the company so much that if you ever did leave, that they would feel bad about that, if that helps you. And you might be, you know, I can hear people as they're listening to this and their first response to that might be, I would, if they, no, 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 stop, stop. We're saying do that in spite of right? You can't control they, you can only control you. So get your part right. If you're toxic, you're not getting your part right. Right, right. Great, Don. Thanks. Who else? Mary. So for management side, if you've got a lot of employees that are coming to you and talking to you about a toxic employee, please look into it. If it's not following the values of your company and that employee is lacking that, let's say integrity is one of your values and you're not listening to your employees, and that toxic employee is creating an integrity issue, you're not, you're not aligning your team and your organization. So please listen and please look into those situations. If you are the toxic employee, just step back. And like everybody has said, take a look at yourself, reset yourself. There's people change all the time because they have to evaluate who they are and they have to create awareness around who they are. So there's nothing wrong with changing. I like it how you're tying, directing your response based off of the values that you as a company have. You know, is my response in line with the values that we say are so important? And that might be a good place to start, uh, you know, from a management's perspective. How do I approach this? Take a look at your values and let's just try to follow those in our approach of how we're handling that with the employee. That's a good, good thought. All right. Thanks, Diana. I'm just going to say, don't underestimate the impact of toxicity, whether you yourself are toxic or you are a manager of a toxic person, the toxicity has a huge impact on the team. So don't think to yourself like, oh, I'm toxic. It's no big deal. No one's noticing. They are absolutely noticing. And managers like, don't be like, oh, it's not, it's not a big of a deal. Like I've isolated them. It's fine. It isn't fine. The impact of a toxic person on your team, whether it is you or someone you manage is way bigger than you could possibly imagine. I just had that thought of, uh, but wait, doesn't it take all kinds to make the world go around? Not toxic, not toxicity. (laughs) Not we can do without that one. We can manage with a disengaged uh, and we'll, we'll, you know, we can help those folks out, but no, 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 no. It does not take toxic to make your culture awesome. Thanks, Diana. Bethany. On top of both of those things too, I think as a manager specifically, move quickly when you spot toxicity. Was that a rhyme? Move quickly when you spot toxicity. Don't tolerate no. it. Don't tolerate it too long. It wasn't a rhyme. Did you just get some no. notes? Okay. No, that wasn't. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't tolerate it too long. I think sometimes we see managers who are like, okay, well, we'll just, maybe I'll talk to them in a week. We'll see how it goes. And then it's like, nothing happens. And we've, we've held on to them too long and not that we've just held on to them. We just haven't addressed the situation at all. And so that doesn't necessarily mean act quickly to fire them. That means act quickly. As soon as you're seeing toxic behavior, like have a conversation with them. Don't wait too long because the, the longer you wait, the more it's going to impact your team. 
I love it. Thank you, Bethany. And mine kind of dovetails nicely into what Bethany just talked about there. Like, here's the tough, here's the, the tough truth, right? Here's the uh, tough truth, hard truth for the employee. As the employee, I'm just going to say, figure it out or move on. Figure out if you want to stay or not, or get out and move on. And you're doing yourself a favor also. Nobody wants to be miserable like that. And to the managers of those, of those folks, I would say, help them with that. Help them figure that out or help them move on. Too. Sometimes it's hard to get stuck, not just to, or hard to get unstuck, not just to pull yourself out of it, but to also take that step to say, yeah, I think it is time to move on. That's equally difficult um, as well. So management, help help them make those decisions there. Or if you are the manager going, what about me? You have a boss too. Like these, those are those are common, those are realities that we all just need to kind of answer for ourselves. Hope you enjoyed this topic here. It was kind of a, let's talk about toxicity, but I had fun with that. I think it's a very relevant topic. It's, you know, it exists according to Gallup, like 16% of the workforce across the country is toxic. That's an average number. Your organization might be lower. Your organization might be higher, but I think it's relevant because it's, it's a place where we have all dipped. If you have other topics that you'd like to share with us or maybe questions, or if you want to take this conversation that we started here and it triggered something for you to say, oh man, I'd love to know this about that topic also reach out to us. Diana, how do they get a hold of us? You can email us directly at morethanwork@peopleccg.com. That's the easy way and we'll all respond to you there anyway. So you can do that. You can find us on all our social media platforms. Our handles are at peopleccg or at peoplecentric, depending on the platform, but you can find us on social media. Or of course we have a website. You can find us there too at www.peoplecentric.com. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Share the podcast with your friends. Give us some other ideas for topics in the future. And as always, uh, have a great day. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.